Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wiseman say podcast pre-Arsenal. I've got Michael Graham from the Roker Report. He's joining Gareth and I. Gareth is here as always. And also later on on the phone, we're going to be speaking to Amy Lawrence from the Guardian and the Observer. And um, very happy with that one, Gareth. It's going to be going to be very interesting. It should be briefly interesting because the studio's broken. So <laughs> people are more than used yeah. to us talking yeah. now about the um, the studio. studio being broken. Yeah, it's a common common theme. Um, Michael Graham here from the Rock Report. This is the second time you've been on, Michael. It is, yeah. Happy to be back. Good stuff. Well, we've got plenty to go over the gate today. Um, luckily, I did I did get to speak to Paolo De Canio today. I was working for Sun FM, so we will be hearing from him a bit later on as well. Um, no game for us to talk about. We 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 done that last week, but so just generally before we get onto the Arsenal game specifically, I want to find out how concerned you lads are about the current run of form. And fixtures, Michael. I think that you have to be slightly concerned. Obviously, I mean it's uh, we've got a really t- hard run of games coming up, and we're not in good form. But I, I tell you what, I've seen worse teams uh, than the one that we have now mm-hmm. beat a much better teams than the ones that we have to face in the next few weeks. So why not you know really 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 go for it mm-hmm. why not that's the thing Gareth we have seen as Michael said we have seen worse Sunderland teams in this in our lifetime and we've seen worse Sunderland teams in this producer results but um, we'll, we'll, I, I want to talk about the fixtures because both you lads were you know, advocates of the, the whole theory that you know you've got to play everybody twice it doesn't really matter Does it, when you've started like this Gareth three games in one point does a fixture start to bear some relevance then I think if you if you start, if you don't get the start that you're expecting from the first three games, then uh, maybe it does put a little bit more pressure on. But it's keeping your heads over the course of the season, isn't it? Um, you got to be above that pressure. Um, and, you know, I think that's the main point. It's it's you got to look at it as a long-term project. And um, I think Villa, I think Chris Young did an article in the Echo about Villa being a relative comparison. I think it is in some respects and more to the fact that I think they didn't really come into their own until the back end of last season even though they were really under pressure for the first you know 28-30 games so that that might be a situation we find ourselves in but you know it's, have we got the how have we got the um the the patience the, yeah I was looking for, I was trying to find yeah that, that's <laughs> the word I was trying to avoid using so um yeah the gonads. yeah have we got that the stones yeah, yeah have we got that to you know can can we keep our our heads in those difficult situations and that's going to be a real test for everybody I think if Arsenal come here Michael and turn us over you know give us a proper good hiding like they have done in the past is the Canio's job under scrutiny then is, is Ellis Short likely to look at him and, and start you know he's a ruthless businessman he's proved that before I think 
I wouldn't have thought so. I think that we've got a little bit too much really invested in in like him now. Um, I think that he needs. I think that. I think that we all know that he needs time. What is everything that he's actually to, uh, is really spoken about, wanting to get a really good shape, you know, a really good like, you know, get, get people working hard. I think that all of these things are going to take time, whether we like it or not. It's it will take time, and you know, if we and you know we can't just keep on going on every single year. You know, just taking this really, really like short-term view, and I, I know that it's really, really hard to, uh, to actually look at it when you're losing games and when you are looking, um, uh, maybe going down or really, really fighting for it. But you know, at some point, we're going to have to say, "This guy, he is our man," and just really, really stick with him. Do you think, Gareth? It's um it's easy for people to look from the outside and say oh the players are clearly not happy and all that but it's a bit lazy to to assume that do you think like Michael says the players have to just get this in their head now that this is a long term strategy and they could like it a lump but regardless of where, what, what is the truth or not I, um, I think um, you know people are making just making stuff up on the basis of what they've seen he had a goat O'Shea had a goat G um, and then all of a sudden the whole dressing room is against him yeah. Like now, and there's he's lost the dressing room and this and that. I think it's just a load of rubbish. I've said I've said it a number of times. It's all about results. He can do what he wants, for all I care. He's got to win enough games. That's that's why he'll be judged on. That's the bottom line. So I think people get a bit archaic about the whole thing. Oh, you can't come out and criticise players. You can't come out and do this. You can't do that. That's too different. It always makes us laugh as well. People always talk about oh, modern football. The pampered, the this, the that, and then as soon as somebody different comes in and does something different, people start moaning about it. Oh, you can't treat Premier League footballers like that. <laughs> so what are you talking about? Try and have it both ways. You can't. You, yeah. Exactly. You can't have it both ways. So, I, I just think you should let's just sell, calm down, <laughs> see what happens. Like give give him I give him a chance. I think would be feeling a lot calmer if it wasn't Arsenal on the rise, and I think we've got to be honest yeah, about that. You, you do have to play these teams, and You'd, we might yeah. get it. We, we talked before about playing better, the better teams, as you might get a little bit more in the way of uh, space to work in. The, wor- the worry I'd have is that I, see, I haven't really seen much evidence of this type of football that was kind of talked about that he was going to play this well, way. What, what he said to me today was... He, th- he feels we'll have more success and this is what he said against the better sides this season because of the way he plays football um, and the examples he cited were that the ball wouldn't be in the air as much teams would try to play it on the ground leave leave spaces for us to attack which I don't know if that's John worrying in a way because if John O'Shea's out yeah. with the ball on the air more. <laughs> well I don't know if it's worry- worrying in a way that we're only going to take points off the top sides because that wouldn't really do us much good in the games we need to dictate player but He's very calm about the whole situation. You know, you certainly don't think he's going to be lacking in any self-confidence soon, do you? I think that you have to look at how he did against uh, a good sides when he was at uh, Swindon. The record that he had was absolutely superb when he when he played against teams who came at his team. So you know, hopefully. Uh, in like these games when teams are like gonna uh, gonna expect to beat us, uh, maybe take a few more risks because they don't really think of them as risks. Maybe we can uh, we can hurt them back there. Uh, were we having this conversation after the Southampton game? I'd be inclined to agree with that because I thought 
we did get we did get thrown goal a few times against Southampton. The Crystal Palace, though, you know, was was a little bit of a different story, wasn't it? But um, if we're going to get on to, I know we discussed Barini briefly last week, but I want to talk about a bit him a bit more today. And Kay would discuss last week as well. But but the reason I want to mention it again this week is because I'm just relating it specifically to the Arsenal game. How important is Key? Because I remember when Andai signed and everybody, you could feel everybody on Wearside sort of willing him to do well because he was his powerful midfielder that we'd been missing because Katamar was injured. And it could be argued it was a little bit, you know, too little too late for Martin O'Neill in, in the respect that results went against him when he came. He changed formations, of course. So what I mean is people have been dying out for this creative midfielder for a long time now. So all of a sudden, all eyes are turning to this lad, and ex- they can expect him to produce fairly straightforward, fairly straight away. Me, you asking yeah. me? I'm just putting <laughs> this out there. I'm just putting this out there. Um, you go ahead, Michael. Well, well, I just think that key. I mean, I'm you know a big fan of 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 people who can really, really use the ball and make it go forwards we don't have any of those if you look at our at our side we just have players who can play sideways and, and back and, and this lad can can take it forward move it forward you know he isn't going to be a really big scrapper and, and things and he's not going to bring much much steel and i think that's something that we we are going to lack with him but you know I, 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 you know for what he is he is what we need and with somebody to get the ball of the wingers quickly as well well yeah i mean as well as i mean he will help to uh, keep the ball a lot, and that's something that we we you know everyone knows that we can't do. And against these teams, um, you know, if they have a lots of the ball, they're going to hurt us. You know, we we don't have anyone who can stand a toe to toe with these guys and, and actually stop them. So the more that we have the ball, you know, it's you know the like more they aren't going to be like hurting us. It's an interesting combination. Wondering what combination he's going to go with, Gareth, because I think we're going to all we're going to safely assume Key's going to play, can't we? I think. I think that he has to. Yeah. Um, now, Catamol's still not near the first team. He suggests there was some suggestions today. There was an olive branch for Catamol actually, um, which is encouraging to hear because we were discussing this just before we started recording that we were in agreement that he's he's we probably need him at the moment. The Canio even said the day that none of his midfielders were closing the ball down quickly enough. So. There's only one person you think of, you know, when you're using that narrative. <clears throat> so he's, he's on a bit of a hide and a nothing, though, Gareth, isn't he? Because you mentioned last week that playing Cabral and Key, which is what a lot of Sunderland fans would want, is a bit risky in a game like this because it's a new pairing and people would be possibly expecting too much. You're coming up against a, yeah, a mm. top class midfield as well here, aren't you? Especially if you, well, if you play 4 4 2, I mean, if you played five in the middle with like a, a straight five, then you could you could probably accommodate Key and Cabral, but. Also, if you, if you did play that and you want to play four four two, I think you definitely have to play Quayle centre half. Um, but I, I think you'll I think you'll go with Larson in there with Key, and I think you'll I think you might pick Quayle with Diakide as well. Well, like Wes Brown apparently trained today, um, but he was he never gives anything away with injuries anyway. But he he's fully he, he trained he had a full training session today, so he's a possibility for the weekend as well. Or would, would you try and leave him? I suppose I it depends. I don't on think he's going to be available, is he? Are you talking about like Brown. ever? Or yes. <laughs> no, yeah. he's, I just think that it's really, really odd with him that he's been talked up all summer long. It was all about it's like him and, and how he was finally fit and he was going to be this big part. And then 
was it a day p- yeah. was there anybody a holding the breath the, like, when we're hearing this it was, was like right he's injured but it's, it isn't anything serious yeah. it's fine he'll be back soon and we still haven't seen him mm-hmm. so I just he'll bring that, some much needed yeah. calmness back there though wouldn't he kind of symbolises well he won't if he can't have a, 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 if he can't have a be like on the pitch can he yeah no yeah, <laughs> well, yeah exactly yeah. Well, I think it, you know it kind of you could be a symbol for you know everyone was the symbol for Sunderland this season you know everyone the positivities pre-season and everything and then disappears be- a day before the uh, <laughs> Fulham game and then it's well, back, to, back to square one back to reality the hope smashed out here again and you you kind of th- you know maybe we were getting a bit carried away I don't know but it's the hope that keeps you going, isn't it? The hope you can't stand. Yeah, it's the um, hope. But yeah. we, mm. we seem to be going round in circles here regarding this midfield and this midfield three in, in, in particular because we're seeing this revolution in inverted commas is happening all around us, yet the centre midfield remains largely untouched. Mm. That's something that drives me crackers, you and all that, Gareth. Um, why, Michael, is has nobody thought about adapting to what they have i.e. playing a three mid, midfield three we talked about it briefly with Kristen last week something that he thought we, we should certainly uh, implement but it's 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 a strange one I can't get my head around it well I've never I'll never say anything nice about this whole a four four two thing so you know I just think that it's it, I think that these days if it isn't dead it it, it, it like almost is you yeah. know um I mean, I would always like to have a, a four-three-three or a four-two-three-one, just something that gives you a little bit of extra steel in there. Mm-hmm. Because as well, if you want to to really like have the ball, then you know the like lads that we have in there, the likes of Vaughan and Larson and all of these, they can't play against three men and uh, keep the ball against two men. They would find it tough. So the, they certainly can't when it's uh, when it's three. So I think the the, the way the Canyon wants to play he keeps promises dynamic style four four two. But first and foremost, if you're going to do that, because Alex Ferguson played a lot, remember. But you need two really good centre midfielders if that's going to work, and that's our most problematic area, isn't it? So well, I, th- I think that you need two who can move it out, move it out of the area fast, move it out to the wings and like forward. Just but, but just don't keep it in there. That's what, um, that's what Key's going to give that's you. That's what Key's it should give us, yeah. But uh, whether we need two in there rather than mm. just one who can do that, I don't know. I think that we that we might. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, I couldn't exactly not bring this up today when I was speaking to Canio because I keep mourning about it. I've, I've written You're obsessed about past. it. I am, exactly. So I thought, well, you know, it's a perfect opportunity. I was working for Sun Event today. They asked me to go do the press conference. And I did put it to him. And... This is what he said. You mentioned a lot about the centre midfielders you want to try and bring in. Some of the centre midfielders you think aren't here now are better prepared for three-man midfield rather than a two. Is that, is it ever cost you mind to do that? Or are, you, are you happy with the way you're setting up now against sides like Arsenal, for example, who are very good in the midfield? I don't change my idea. Especially at the beginning of the season, I don't change. And I never change my idea. So I play, they play, yes, they play... With numbers of play in the middle because they want always go through the opponent's line. They swap the position. They play four two three one, and then they swap the position. We should go forward and maybe Casorla uh, drop. But uh, if we are intelligent, if we are well organized, we don't need to play. You know, with seven play in the middle. Obviously, we have to be intelligent, give density in the middle. Uh, or strike have to help us in this way. We are going to put uh, out the strategy to handle the pressure when they keep the ball because they're very 
very good, good side. Uh, we can do this if we are going to work so hard off the ball, interpret the, the situation well individually and collectively. Uh, because otherwise it's difficult, it's not in terms of a system, you know, because you can put 5-5 uh, and you can still defend bad, so it doesn't mean, it depends how we work, you know. So we'll speak more about that when we come back. We're going to speak to Amy Lawrence from The Guardian and Observer. And we're going to have to get into this midfield three thing. It sounds like he's not going to do it, chaps, doesn't it? Uh, I don't think any of us are really surprised. But first of all, we're going to listen to some music now and I'm going to let Gareth um, talk you through it. So, yeah, <coughs> you, you, I'm sure you're all familiar with uh, the theme tune that we've got. That's by a band called Rivals from Sunderland. They're a three-piece post-punk band. And uh, they've got a new single out um, on the 28th of October called I'm Not an Animal. Um, you can pre-order it um, at www.tinylights.bandcamp.com so if you go on there you can select it it's a lovely 7 inch um, that's not the first time I've said that it's a lovely 7 inch um, you get a download code with it um, and then you'll, so you'll be able to get that straight on your computer and enjoy it but if you can't wait which I'm not surprised that you can't then uh, here it is now I'm not an animal from Rivals
That was I'm Not an Animal by the Rivals. You should all go definitely download that, I think. We now have Amy Lawrence on the line. Uh, you there, Amy? You OK? How are you? Very well, very well, thanks. Uh, certainly, bet you're, I bet you're looking at the photo of this game a lot more than we are. Um, I, I want to start asking you about about Ozil, Amy, um, yeah. because clearly he's a world-class player. Uh, there's a lot of things to celebrate about the fact that Wenger sort of broke his, his transfer policy in a way, went and signed a player like this. If if I'm going to be hyper-cynical, is there, is there a possibility that you've overlooked other key areas? I mean, I know this, to put this in context, a Sunderland fan asking a question like this when we have a midfield of Craig Gardner and Serb Larson is a bit ridiculous, but, <laughs> but there we go. No, I, I totally take your point, and I think it's a point that's been quite hotly debated um, around uh, Arsenal land, and I think, in fairness, there are lots of people saying this was a summer they were, after Arsenal had come out and said at the beginning of the summer that they were keen to show their new financial power and compete with, you know, the, the, the biggest clubs around, there was an expectation that the squad would maybe get strengthened sufficiently to actually have a, a title challenge. Um, and although the Ozil signing is fantastically exciting, whether that is sufficient to to be enough for a title challenge, I, I think it's probably asking a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if, uh, you know, if, if Olivier Giroud goes down feeling his ankle in the second minute um, of the game on Saturday I think there'll be quite a lot of panic probably amongst Arsenal supporters because there's not really an alternative centre forward and at the moment the fact that they're desperately waiting for Nicholas Bentner to come back from Denmark on rehab is kind of um, says it all really on that regard so yeah there's still there's still issues um, but obviously there's lots of optimism that I think Ozil will will improve the team massively Mm-hmm. You, you certainly think it's going to be beneficial to those little runs or Walcott makes when he gets in mm. behind the defenders. But you mentioned Giroud there and how important he, he is. I mean, Gareth and I were having a conversation the other day actually about how he was, you know, perhaps harshly treated, treat, treated in the press, shall we say, last season. But he really looks like he's made a significant, not so much improvement, but he's certainly looking the part this year, isn't he? I think it, it, what what used to happen with with players coming overseas, and we've become so accustomed to it now because. You know, the Premier League is just full of, of players from absolutely anywhere and everywhere. It's that we expect them to rock up, you know, unpack their suitcase and be ready for the Premier League from game one. And in many ways, that's what people are now expecting of, of Ozil. But when, when players first used to come from, from overseas, it was quite normal to expect sort of a good six months or so for players to bed in, get used to a, a new country, a new culture, new football. <coughs> and... Um, I think with Giroud, it was a classic case of here was a guy who was ready for the step up from the French League, but it wasn't going to happen overnight. And um, he he had to work quite hard, I think, to convince himself as much as other people in that first year at Arsenal that he was, you know, he was comfortable with being the main man in a massive team with a huge spotlight. Um, so he's come on a lot, and I think he had to also contend with sort of effectively being Robin Van Persie's replacement in his first season, and I think. I think that that was something that he he struggled with a little bit, even though he tried not to. Um, he was glad Van Persie was gone because it gave him the chance to. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To play... But I think there was an element of it being a massive pressure for him to have to learn how to handle. Yeah, Gareth, um, I want to ask you, because everybody's talking about Ursula, but Geroud, you know... Geroud. Geroud, Geroud. That's what we call him, Geroud in Sunderland. Geroud, it's a a mack-a-mack, it's a mack pronunciation. Um, If somebody like, if Roberge is going to have to play tomorrow, is that a a bit of a worry? Because he looks like he's struggling physically, doesn't he? Yeah, I think... um, Sort of Roberge looks a bit of a sort of Koscielny light, which is um, I'd, I'd, as an Arsenal fan, I'm I'm sure you're aware of his deficiencies. But um, yeah, that's definitely an area that I think will struggle. And I'd like to see Quaylar come in to partner um, if to, to partner Deke there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I me, mean, it's, it's it's all seems a bit silly if, that I would that I would even start to contemplate asking you what areas of the side you think uh, Sunderland could benefit the deficiencies in the Arsenal side such as the, the comparison of the two sides but central defence and the defence in general is is that an area you think that Sunderland could bear some fruit because um, I mean we are happy at the moment Gareth and with Alladon Fletcher looks like it could work is mm-hmm. that something you think Arsenal could be wary of Amy? Well I think um, traditionally set pieces have been something that Arsenal have, have switched off at and uh, I think it's an area where Sunderland have, have, have noticed in the past that they could have a go with a high ball and, it, you know, a, a momentary lapse of reason can, can sort of crop up almost anywhere uh, in the Arsenal back four usually. But they seem to be a little bit more focused this year. There seems to be a bit more energy about the back four. I'd say maybe um, if Carl Jenkinson plays right back, he, he sometimes finds that he can get himself a bit exposed because mm-hmm. he's, a, he's, a kind of, he's still quite a raw player and he's... he's he kind of loses his head because he's very enthusiastic sometimes. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I would say I mean the Koscielny Mertesacker partnership is quite strong. But if Mertesacker uh, has has one um, obvious weakness, it's that he's he's not the fastest player turning in the world. So mm-hmm. I think if somebody you know a, a clever pass getting in behind is is, is a possible possible um, area that could bear fruit for Sunderland, but. I think the other thing that just might be an issue um, is that international breaks often can disrupt the rhythm of a team. And the, the Arsenal team were, were quite optimistic after a rotten start losing at home to Sunderland. They sort of pulled themselves together well and have won four or five games on the spin, including Champions League games to get into the, the group stages again and beaten Tottenham in the derby, which was obviously important. So the momentum was actually quite good. And the international break has come at a bad time if you like for them so you're looking at a player like Santi Gazzola who's got such a box of tricks on him and he's just come back from a you know a long distance trip with Spain and um, there's sometimes fatigue and teams can struggle a bit to get going after the international break and I think that's one where if Arsenal aren't 
sharp starting off that if, if, if Sunderland try and have a lot of energy in the first part of the game it, it could it could prove beneficial that's a straw we'll try and clutch on because Sunderland haven't, <laughs> Sunderland haven't got going since January <laughs> <laughs> Gareth Carl Jenkinson is that a possible weakness Amy's just mentioned there. Um, we we get it especially with we're talking about now. Michael just mentioned the key, the inclusion of key in the side. Going to look to get the ball well wingers earlier. The two wingers, Johnson and Jack um, Jack Arrani, have performed admirable admirably so far. I would say <laughs> this is better. Yeah, I'm having a mare. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, um, I think Jenkinson's a, a decent player actually. So. You know, you have to be if you're going to play for Arsenal. In fairness, so yeah, but I, I, I the defensive lapses, I think. I th- well, I, I don't know. I think I, I don't think he would he would be the one that I'd be looking at for a mistake. I mean, it would be Mertesacker, Koscielny, or Vermeulen. I, I don't know if is Vermeulen available. Well, Vermeulen's not been playing for about six yeah. months. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, so. No, he, he's injured at the minute. Yeah. So. He probably won't play. Probably be Kieran Gibbs at left back. I would expect. Okay. Interesting for us, Gareth, as well, because we're going to talk about Barini as well in a little bit. But three options up front now. All of a sudden, we we played at Crystal Palace and we had Wickham and Jay up front. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, did we? Yeah, exactly. They were there. Yeah. In, in body. Exactly. So now we have Altador, Barini, Fletcher. Yeah. Makes a big difference, doesn't it? It does. But against Arsenal I'd be tempted to just put out the door in well I agree with you but we've just heard five. we've just heard from Perlo de Canio there when I asked that him this, gonna happen. I asked him this earlier on that's not going to happen that's not going to happen worryingly in yeah. my opinion as well yeah. but good movement in the box yeah well I think out the door's movement is uh, is excellent um, and he holds it well Fletcher it'll be re- we don't know how they're going to what they're going to do because they haven't played together yet um, so it is it's quite exciting but you know it's all a bit work in progress isn't it and you don't want to be sort of trying to find out against Arsenal. That's a, but that's a Premier League, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is the can I can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Co- Connor Wickham is someone that kind of from the outside looking in. I mean, when you know you used to see him playing in the uh, England youth teams occasionally, and they absolutely raved about him. And mm-hmm. obviously, it was quite a big deal. What, what, what's going on there? Well, we we were sold the Wickham thing as well. <laughs> I really <laughs> the, sum, the summer we signed Wickham. Yeah. I was saying he was one of my top three unrealistic players to bring in because I thought we'd never get somebody like that at Sunderland and we got him and I was delighted. Then he had a brightish start, then he got injured and now... He looks he looks like he's very raw still, Amy. He's, I mean, he's only 20, 21 year old, but he's... The question mark is how much he's developed in the last three mm. years because his touch still lets him down. He's hold up. He's a big lad and his hold up player lets him down. He sometimes doesn't jump off the ground enough. And more than anything, and Decanio has touched upon it. Gareth doesn't. He, he sometimes seems like he's disinterested. That's he what, does, that's he, what he doesn't want to be there. Him. Like that's what we often say with Wigan when we talk about him. It's just he just he just doesn't look like he's interested. He just doesn't look like he wants to be a footballer. Sometimes what, when he gets what, what on. About, um, what about Altidore's? Uh, Mentality, because he's someone again who I've always thought from seeing him was a young player playing for the USA that he he had all the attributes really, and mm-hmm. you know kind of waiting for him to explode. Yeah, he's he's made a positive start. Mm. I think everybody's happy with him. Like Gareth just touched on the fact earlier that he's got good movement himself, but also his hold up play is good. He's not he's not your typical centre forward who always play with his batter goal, mm. though he can do that. But primarily likes to face goal as well. But it's it's encouraging because he's had nobody really to to pick up the little pockets of space. Yeah, he looks like he's him and Fletcher on paper, and even him and um, Barini, Barini on paper should 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 definitely it fills us with confidence. The problem we have is the bit before the centre forward positions and the midfield. 
you know, because if they are non-existent, Gareth, it's gonna, not yeah, going to matter how good they are, is it? There have been elements of frustration shown by Altidore in games at times where he's getting annoyed that he's not getting it when he wants it. Um, and he's not he's not getting players close enough to him for him to impact the game. I mean, you know, it's like you can't just, you know, put somebody up there and knock the ball up to him and expect him to hold it and start playing because he needs that support and that's that's a that's a main problem that, that we have, unfortunately. Um and it's you know, a long standing problem that we'd hope maybe that the Canio would um maybe iron out with he was always said he was gonna get bodies in the box, bodies ahead of the ball, um, get the ball forward quickly and play in the final third. Well, We've not really seen that yet, and I think that's a some Sunderland fans do have that worry, don't they? Where they they're worried that this the evidence of this revolution just it's kind of a bit of a white elephant at the moment. Mm-hmm. And if the, the run of fixtures we have certainly doesn't help. Um, before before I um, let Amy go, we're going to get predict. Can we get a prediction from Amy and just try and be gentle? <laughs> um, I think I'll. Can I hedge bets and say two one? I'll, but I'll you leave can, it to you to guess. You can say what you like. You can say what you like. Yeah, I'd like to thank Amy for coming on. Um, thanks for your time, Amy. Cheers, Amy. Bye. So, boys, now I think we have to be realistic about this game. You know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna ask you both what you what you expect to take from the game, and I don't mean you know like oh, a prediction like a three nil win or whatever because we have to be realistic. We have to some of us has to you know maybe assume that we aren't gonna pick something up in some capacity. You know a defeat certainly a draw. Can we take something from this game if that happens? Worst case scenario, Michael, we lose. It's something. It's almost sounds patronising sometimes when you say yes, but this, yes, but that. But you know we're not gonna really have an option or an alternative, are we? I think it it's, it really matters, you know, if we are going to lose, how we lose. You know, I think that if we, I mean, what I really, really want to see from Sunderland, and it's something that we've been speaking about like all summer, and we haven't seen yet in any of the games. I just want to see us get teams turned, get teams turned to face their, the their, their like own goal on the back foot, and we we never seem to do it. Everything that we do seems to be played in front of them. Mm. We never get them turned. We never get them running back like at their own goal, and 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 that's and if if we can't do that, then we're not going to score goals because the ball's going to keep on coming back like at us, and we will crack. We've seen that we you know we are going to like crack, so we, we, we need goals. We yeah. need goals. I think that's a good point about playing in front of teams. I think Fulham was a good example of that. You know, we just play we did play in front of them. And we've seen actually people come we people play in front of us. Um unfortunately they they have that moment, like you say, that bit of cutting edge that at the moment we just don't seem to have and Key could be the hopefully could be the man. Could be the key, go on. So. Never no, no, I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah, at least you can't mispronounce key. Yeah, you, you can't Kai. Can okay. yeah, you Stephen? Yeah, well <laughs> I'm having I'm having a murder day. The can you always pull me up on everything. I was, was well, I was asking about Key and Barini and he was saying who? Who? And looking and yeah. I'm standing there like an idiot in front of everybody. But um again I just want to mention Barini quickly because um I forgot to touch about touch on this point earlier on. When I asked the Canyon whether he could play um, in the same side as Fletcher and possibly Altador. Obviously, that was before he implied he wasn't going to change his formation. He was sticking with it. So, 
that would indicate no anyway as an answer but he he was very emphatic in saying that Sunderland aren't a feeder club for people um, because like a lot of a big assumption was be would be that Liverpool had apparently chosen us out of all the sides that's the way they're portraying it however he's saying you know nobody's guaranteed a game here we aren't we are Sunderland we aren't a side that will just take players in so they can play and get you know improve their form for other sides so it's encouraging in a way and it goes back to the point we mentioned last week Gareth is it just going to be him or Fletcher do you think um, <clears throat> I think well I think you have to play if he's going to play 4 2 he's going to play Fletcher and out the door isn't he um, I would imagine so it depends how Barry so. if Barini comes and you know but, sets a world but, he, he, could, he could rotate mm. because you know, remember West Brom done that last season. You but, used their centre forwards and rotation system worked very well. In but there's a re- there's a reason why I have those players, and you know, Altidore's out last week. Um, Fletcher's been out until last week, so you know, the, the, that's why you've got you've got to have the three strikers at least because you've got to have options in case you know someone goes down with an injury. You know, two or three days before in training, which is going to happen over the course of the season. So they definitely get us. Whoever's it isn't first choice of the two will get their opportunity at some point and like we've seen with Wickham and Wickham's a good example of somebody who when he does get his opportunity I mean he doesn't really take it whereas you know you'd you'd hope Barini would because Barini is a you know a better player than Wickham but for the player the same age he's proved that I think it's interesting some comments from Barini this week he doesn't seem all that keen on going back that's what I get the impression <laughs> to be honest mm. I like some of the stuff he's said like you know, because it, Liverpool, like you say, being very like, oh, he's going to come back to us at the end of this. But you just get the impression that maybe Barini's thinking, if I have a good season here, then maybe not necessarily at Sunderland, but because he, he was asked about his future and he made he some comments. Play the championship. Yeah, he, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He made some comments saying that, oh, he doesn't look too far in the future and at the moment as Club Sunderland and whatever happens next summer happens next summer. So, I think that it's you know it's. There seems to be that this like thing these these like days with loans, whereas the fans seem to absolutely hate us having loans, and think that it's some that it makes us really weak and and poor and all this. But I think that what a lot of people have to accept is that loans are just now a part of the game. Yeah, everybody has loans. You know, the Mags have loans, uh, Stoke have a loan. You know, almost everybody like the, round if us. The benefits of loans. It just seems it seems. Crazy, not to not to use it really. I think You've it's got like to exploit the, pe- the system the best. People's you can, issue is that long, the long term thing. But if you get, if you can get another quality equivalent, player, equivalent yeah. loan in the following season, it doesn't matter so much. Yeah, well, I mean, the point is that you know the richest clubs can afford now to keep mm, mm. huge squads, and you know, and you know, what are you? And then you like you're actually left with: shall we loan someone mm. good, or shall we? buy someone that we don't really want and you know I would always take you know I'd rather have a, a, a someone loan who was good than we a, a, a really buy someone that who isn't and I think Sunderland you know that they, they have put the, the 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 pieces in place where that isn't their preferred market anyway mm. but you know when it gets to transfer deadline day if you need two players and you haven't signed anybody you haven't signed anybody permanently why would you not go and take advantage of the loan market? You, you would have to, wouldn't you? Yeah, it, it's a funny. It's just the whole loan thing is something I think that, that does need to be looked at for a number of reasons. Anyway, um, I think there's there's some restructuring should be done. Um, I don't think it's right that players can't play against the parent clubs. 
You know, why should really? why should yeah. well, well why should Chelsea be able to buy Lukaku? Then Did loan Lu- him out. Lu- 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 play against Newcastle once and score. Well, that's, <laughs> but, that's, but that's a risky yeah. take, though, because yeah. you can't. Lukaku shouldn't be allowed to then go and play for Everton and play against Man United, Arsenal, Manchester City, mm-hmm. and Tottenham, but yeah. not Chelsea. Yeah, that, that's not fair. It's an interesting view. It's not yeah. fair. So yeah. things like that, and that's you can just stockpile all these players, loan them out, and it's like almost like the team the players that you want on your team but can't accommodate are now in other people's teams and doing damage taking points for you taking points for you so yeah. I don't think that's fair I think they should play against but anyway yeah I think you know loans I'm sort of on the fence with I, I we need to if, if I'd rather have the player than not have the player is my so if we need like you say in deadline day you need those two players in you haven't got them um Let's get a loan, like we got with Bentner. Good. The Bentner's a great example of a player that if we hadn't got, we would have been in serious trouble because Jan left two, three days after Bentner came mm-hmm. in. Um, so if Jan had gone two or three days later, and we didn't have Bentner. What mm-hmm. were we left with? Um, <laughs> exactly. and it's, uh, it's unavoidable and Wickham, time. It's unavoidable and G. Mm-hmm. Who? Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just quickly before we go now, the Decena thing's interesting, is it? Decena, Decena. I don't know how to pronounce it right. It's not <laughs> yeah. the Dos. We'll the Neil Dos. call him the Dos, so we're going to call him the Dos, right? Um, it's interesting. I'm kind of glad that he's not available away <laughs> because of what Neil was saying last mm. week. A left wing back playing left back and a flat back for. Theo Walcott <laughs> making runs, getting in behind, that wouldn't have been ideal, would it? Let's be fair. I think I'd rather much be happy with I'm much happy with Carl back there for this particular game. Yeah, yeah, I am. I think that that's just what you what you need now. But I mean you also think and it comes back to the thing that we're always talking about, about the four four two or the four three three or anything, is that you know, a lot of the teams that we get are gonna have a people actually out wide who are going to stay forward, so we can't, you know, we're like, we're like we, we, we actually can't uh, come forward down the, the leg flanks. Mm. Otherwise, we'll leave it like a wide open. So it comes back again, like it always does, like everything that we say to the whole uh, uh, talk of regarding shape. Mm. I think that shape's an interesting one because last season I thought we looked very good, and then this season we seem to have got a bit ragged. Um, I don't think that shape. That, uh, we commit solidity. a too many uh, like forward when we don't have the ball in mm. the right area. And that's not going to change by the sound. Of it. It's not going to change. No. But it's the right. It's you, you know, you're right. It's it's when to do it. Yeah. Where it's percentages, isn't it? And you need players who know. And that just comes with time, practice. It does. <laughs> you got have, and then when you get there, you got to have the ability to deliver, yeah. which is you know another whole. No, no, I think that I think that we do have. To <clears throat> A fine, f- I mean, the like squads. I think lo- looks good on paper. It looks good. And I know that we all like to moan about what we don't have, but if we look at what we actually do have, it's a good squad. You know, it, it isn't absolutely perfect, but you know, it, it, it is a fairly good. But I just think that uh, it's it's just going to be them learning how to play the way that he wants them to and the way that they want to. Because you know it's it's just going to take time. And it's going to be really really bad mm. for a spell. I think I think Again. it's going to be I think it's going to be awful to watch. We're clinging on the hope that we might travel well this season. Then because we've got all these hard games coming up at home, and I think my reasoning for that, Gareth, is that sides are going to get complacent at home against the likes of Sunderland. It's just it's it's natural that they will, and that we could catch a few teams out by going there and attacking. I think. Yeah, um, we'll we'll have to. Well, we have to. This is the thing attacking, catching teams out with attacking. Decanio said he's going to attack anyway. 
We haven't really seen much evidence of this attacking philosophy. But they're gonna. I mean, you need centre midfielders. You need good centre midfielders. <laughs> yeah, but it's a heartbeat you know, of the side. But he's had ample, there's been ample opportunity to correct it. Mm. And is Key the man that he wanted? Who knows? Is Cabral the man he wanted? Who knows? Well, who does he actually want? And yeah. is there anyone that he's actually thinking, I want him, or is he just mm. thinking, I want this type? Well, Huddleston, I want that, that was it, wasn't it? Well, Huddleston yeah. sounded like he really, really wanted yeah. him. He did, he did. But, uh, you might, yeah. I think, you know, he even tried to, you know, rugby tackle him out the taxi <laughs> the whole, I think, didn't he? But he couldn't, you know, he's a big boy, Huddleston. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that, I just hope he keeps his head and, you know, we all, we all keep ours, but, it's hard, isn't it? To it's hard to think rationally when you when you hope it so much that it's good because it has to work, and if it doesn't work, it's uh, not it again. Not again. Thinking about not again. Please. On, on that on that positive note, <laughs> no, we'll have to do the housekeeping thing at the end that I told you about. So yeah, well, get a prediction from, from everybody first. All right, and sorry. It's ruined the podcast. No, it's okay. They already rub it. It's rubbish this week. Sorry. Yeah. I've had to apologise. We have yeah. problems with the studio. It's threw our concentration off somewhere. We've we've somewhat we've had to we've had to shorten it right down. We would have loved to have Amy yeah. on for longer. That's for sure. But yeah, we had a brilliant guest in Amy and then Michael. <laughs> um, but yeah, that it's studio issues. It's better than no podcast, which we thought well, we thought was going to happen. A while. They'll be the judge of that one. Well, probably. Yeah, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> right, Internet pre- abuse. Right, come on, predictions. Um, 3 0 to Arsenal. Oh, God. <laughs> Michael? Yeah, I, I think that Arsenal are going uh, to nick it, but 2 1. I think it's going to be 1 0, and it's going to be one of those where it's like, well, you know, we played all right, we just couldn't quite create it, we? We, couldn't quite... <laughs> we weren't so good enough again. Yeah, normal yeah, stuff yeah. then. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to be, I'm just, because every week when it comes to predictions, you, your heart overrules your head normally, but I'm not going to let it do it this week. And then maybe um, we'll win, and I'll be. That's a nice draw. That is, you know. I'm, di- I'm clutching I, 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 it. Tell you what, I just hope I, if we win on Saturday night, I, you know, everything will be fine again. Everything I, will I be see, fine again. I see no no reason why we can't win. Well, no reason. No, at all. Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. But Arsenal are a very good team, and you know, you'd be stupid to think that they wouldn't be the favourites. Oh, they are. They're but um, you know, like you say, like you say, you're in. The, you're always in the game. Yeah. So, but I. Last things before we go. Yep. A couple of things. Firstly, um mentioned before about the Sports Bite panel. Um, we now record at the University of Sunderland at the Spark Studios, and we're affiliated with them, and we're affiliated with Sports Bite. Um, <clears throat> so if you're at the university at the moment, and you're involved in a broadcast qualification, a media qualification, um, something like that, and you'd like to get involved, we're, we're putting together a Sports Bite panel um, in which... You know, passionate Sunderland supporters will be asked to get involved in the podcast by coming in occasionally. We'll have a rotation, a rotation system like Paolo's going to do with uh, <laughs> three forwards, and um, we'll bring somebody in every other week or something. So, if you want to get involved in that, um, either contact at sports underscore bite. I'm sure you're already following them on Twitter if you're at the university, and um, get in touch with them that way, or you can con- contact us directly at um, at wise men say 1973 on Twitter. And um, also, that lovely song we heard earlier, you should definitely pre-order that. Um, that's Rivals, and the new single, I'm Not an Animal, on the, out on the 28th of October. Um, and you can get that at tinylights.bandcamp.com, and then just click on the link for the Rivals, al- um, Rivals single. 
Okay. That was good, wasn't it? It was very good. I so did that with no, no notes or anything, mm. really. Really, I had three notes. What's that written on your hand? <laughs> 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 okay. It's been the Wise Men Say podcast. Um, hopefully things won't go drastically wrong this weekend. Um, we're kind of all <laughs> half expecting it anyway. So thanks for listening. Over and out. <laughs>